Hello, guys, and thank you for listening to another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Yes, this is still Live Free Podcast, but welcome to the first episode of Kingdom Business, guys. Sowing for His glory, to glorify our Father in heaven. I'm so super excited about this opportunity and I'm super excited about the green light that God has given me to sow into the lives of his people free of charge. And I like saying that because we don't want to, well, I don't want to, um, I've always wanted to do this, right? Like I said before in the other video, in the intro two months ago, I've been praying about it and God has given me the green light to go ahead and to release information that I think that can be very beneficial in your walk. How does this relate to the kingdom of God? This has everything to do with the kingdom of God. And I'm going to, I like that it's, it's on Live Free Podcast. So therefore I can incorporate scripture, you know, and move however the Holy Spirit wants me to move and sowing into his people, you know, because I know that's one of God's most valuable possessions is his people. He died for us, right? So he takes that seriously. I take that seriously. And I am happy to sow into the people of God. Now, listen, today's topic, we're going to be talking about, we're going head in head first. We're going to be talking about credit as it relates to the kingdom business. Now, kingdom business, how does this kingdom business tie into real estate? How does it tie into the kingdom of God? It has everything to do with God, guys. And these are some things that I have written down. So I'm going to be looking at my notes. How you service people is a direct reflection of the Christ in you. Customer service, I tell people, is everything. Everything. And everything that we do in life, we are servicing people no matter what scale, no matter what our titles are, no matter how, uh, where we are in life and our careers, we service people. This is a common denominator for everyone, servicing people. And I tell people all the time, relationship is a, is a, uh, I'm sorry, real estate is a relationship-based business. It's all, everything is based on the relationship. Every business is based on the relationship. So kingdom business, you're dealing directly with people. Now, and how you service people, like I said before, is a direct reflection of the Christ in you, Right? So we know that um, God is going to be releasing strategies and resources to help us aid in being a blessing, right? For your business dealings or for other people, you want to bless people or you want to sow into people. And this is a way that God has given me to sow into you, which in turn, you can sow into other people. Because even if some of this, this information you don't need, you can actually use this or uh, share this with someone else that is actually... Um, in real estate or they're looking to purchase, buy or sell real estate, right? Or some strategies and tips and pro tips that God would actually give you to actually be a blessing to your family or your friends. Also, it's going to help you understand how God is a part of every area of your life. And I'm going to um, be speaking about that in terms of the, um, the, you know, the revelation he has given me and also in real estate where I, like I said before, you know, bought two homes with no money. So I was able to use the information that I got in doing that and being a blessing to someone else. And then in turn, they walked into their home with no money. So 
even if it's not for you, it could be used for your family and friends or for someone else. So like, comment, share, and subscribe so that this can get out, so that this can be a blessing to more than just you, right? Now, um, business affiliations um, is very important to God. Who you yoke yourself up with is very important to God. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked. And I want you to, I want to say this. You think that's just in certain things. That's also in business dealings. We always want to keep a clean heart and clean hands because we are representation of the kingdom of God and who Christ is, right? And then it's an open door that God will give you even in business, um, which is for his glory to be a, a blessing to others and, and ultimately sometimes bring people into the kingdom of God, right? Because of your... Um, um, direct reflection of who he is. It's a, it's a, it's a way to minister that God would give you. And I'm going to talk about that with, through a friend of mine that actually had a salon that I actually decorated and that, that salon was a ministry. So even though she did hair, it was still a ministry and it was still glorifying God. This is why I say you cannot get caught up. You cannot get caught up in putting God in a box. You can't get caught up in oh, that's worldly stuff, or God doesn't want me to get, get into acting into Hollywood, or he doesn't want me to uh, buy cryptocurrency, or he doesn't want me to. It could be the very good thing that God wants you to do because that's an avenue. Jesus didn't avoid people. He went straight to them. In fact, he was not even in the synagogues. You can probably count on one scripture or maybe two that he was actually in the synagogue preaching. Your ministry and your ministry giftings are going to take you places. And those places are not going to look like the four walls of the church. So let's get into it because I know you're already, you know. So today's topic is going to be about credit. And the reason why I started, I'm starting with credit, I'm going to actually be going through my book here um, that I wrote. So the reason why we're going to start with credit, right? Because credit is the foundation for everything. Everything. And it's worth your time and it's worth you looking into. It's worth you um, uh, developing if it's not developed. You know, it depends on where you are. Everybody is in different places, right, in their life. And no shame in the game. You know, I'm a very transparent person, so I'm going to help a lot of people because I believe that we have to be relatable. And plus, I don't have anything to hide. So I don't mind sharing my experiences and my testimonies and things that I have gone through, which I've already shared in some other videos, you know, on Live Free Podcast. And, you know, me having filed in bankruptcy. And, you know, I don't mind because this is going to help free so many people with so many resources. You would be amazed at how God used me uh, and not the, not the previous or the, not the, the last two jobs, but the career prior to that and how I help people in different phases of their life and business and personal and so many ways that God wants to use us. But sometimes we, we conceal that to the four walls of the church. And as a direct result, God can't really get in and use us like he really wants to. Right. So let's talk business. So what this, okay. So let me start with me. Let's start with me. Okay. So I got my real estate license in 2010. I started uh, doing professional decorating in 20, uh, 2009. Um, and I got, then I got my mortgage license in 2021. So I have what you call the four step blueprint to the mastering the real estate transaction. The first step in the blueprint, I always start with credit. Credit is major. 
okay, as I mentioned before. So let's get to it. So let's talk about credit. Let's talk about, um, I want to make sure I don't miss anything that guys told me to say as well. Um, so this in this segment, I'm going to help you understand how God is a part of every area of your life, even in your business, affiliations and partnerships. Okay. He's involved in what you are building for him, which is actually for his people that he created. God wants you to treat people good and he wants you um, to do it for his glory so that that the, the reflection of him is shown through you, right? Um, this is what the kingdom of God is all about. Being God's eyes, ears, and hands, right? And mouth. Wherever we go, the kingdom of God is present and it's in you. Now, how does that tie into Live Free Podcast? God says freedom comes in many forms and has many faces. For example, credit is a direct reflection of your character. And it is used as a tool or connection to help you achieve your kingdom goals in purchasing and getting the best interest rates, which ultimately uh, is going to save you more money and that you won't pay as much, you know, as you would if your credit score wasn't as great. Everything, even these things in life, uh, is going to have a direct reflection as it pertains to your credit, right? So let's talk today about this topic. Let's get into it. The first thing um, that I want to say is credit is vitally important and it determines your financial outcome when applying for all kinds of credit with lenders. Your interest rates for housing, insurance, cars, personal loans, apartments, and so much more depends on your overall credit profile. Credit can even save or break the bank. Save a lot of money or spend a lot of money. It's up to you. So let's get started on the credit part. The credit part. The first thing that I would recommend when dealing with credit, get copies of your free credit reports. And again, this is not financial advice. This is based on my experiences and my um, career and also my experience in real estate, my experience in financing, my experience in interior decorating. Because all of these different components is going to make up the whole real estate transaction from the beginning to the end. So the first thing you want to do is get free copies of your credit reports. And you guys may already know this, but for some, they may not know this. So you can get all three bureaus free once a year or twice a year through annualcreditreport.com, right? Then the other thing is um, I use apps, right? So when I'm when I'm working on my credit or when I was working on my credit, uh, my myfico.com is a great um, app and I'm not getting paid. I don't have any affiliate links for any of these things, right? Um, in the description. So myfico.com is a great place to acquire your FICO scores. You have access to all three credit bureaus and ratings. Although there's monthly charge, there's also the value is also worth it because this is how I learned how to master credit, guys. I learned to master credit. Credit score is in the 800s, 820s, right? And I'm saying this because once you learn or master a thing, you can kind of gauge you know, how it's going to fluctuate and go. Now, I did hear recently that they're getting ready to change the way credit is done in the U United States, right? But for now, let's go with the way it's the way it is right now. So myfico.com is a great resource to check your credit score. Experian is also a good, it's actually free if you're just getting it for one bureau, which is Experian. But if you want all three, then it's uh, cheaper than myfico for all three scores and all three bureaus. What I like about myfico.com is that not only does it give you uh, your credit scores, right, and your credit reports, but it also gives you 
a different um, level to seeing your credit information and it, and it gives you different 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 credit scores scoring so sometimes you'll have a FICO score six or a FICO score eight you'll see that that all that means is it's like 20 I think it's 21 or 22 FICO score ratings that different people use for different things. So for instance, the mortgage company may use FICO score three. The car dealership may use FICO score eight. See, that's what that means. So what I like about myfico.com is it gives you all the different um, scoring models, right? That based on if the mortgage company, you know, or car dealerships based on what they use, right? With regular credit scores or regular uh, credit monitoring services, they only give you your score. They don't tell you really which scoring model that they're using. So therefore, sometimes when you apply for something, you'll notice that sometimes your credit score is different from what the people that's pulling your credit score is. That's because they use different scoring models. Also, let me just keep going here. Um, we're going to go through, uh, as much as we can. I don't want to make this video long. We're already 13 minutes into the video, but credit is vitally important. It's going to determine everything. If you don't start with your credit, then everything else, pretty much, if you, if you have credit challenges, goes downhill from there, right? Um, I tell people all the time, deal with your credit first. Deal with, if you have some challenging things going on, deal with that first. That way, when you go into, and I've done it both ways, right? If you, when you go into it, this is why, you know, I want to help you guys. You don't have to explain yourself to people because you've already taken care of the issue, right? And then at any rate, you can still, you can still get things with thing, challenging things on your credit. You can still get things. And that's another thing people don't realize, but it's just going to, you're going to be in a better position when you have a better score because now you don't, one, have to explain yourself. And two, you don't have to, you know, basically um, um, try to, um, you, you'll have a higher interest rate. And you just don't want that. You want the biggest bang for your buck, right? And God wants the best for us. So here's some things that we need to look at when it comes to credit. When seeking to buy a home and investment property, what is a good credit score to start with? Okay, so when I bought my first house, I had a credit score, and this was back in 2002. I had a credit score of 580 to 600, right? Not so great. And every lender, what you need to understand is every lender has different credit criteria. Every lender. So a good example would be, um, some of my clients, they would say, okay, they applied for a mortgage loan and the mortgage company turned them down. And I said, so what? Try another mortgage company. And sure enough, they got approved with the other mortgage company. Why is that? Because sometimes even with credit unions, they have more stricter guidelines, right? But then the flip side of that coin is um, some mortgage companies are more lenient than others. So you can't lump everyone together. This is why I tell people when you're buying a house, right? Make, just get approved with three mortgage companies. It always pays to get approved with at least two to three mortgage companies. I would say three, but if you can do two, do two. Because to realistically, if you're given all that information for one mortgage company, then you've already gathered the information and the next two would be easier because you've already gathered the information and you have it already in your email. So you can just send it to the next lender. That way, 
depending on the mortgage company, that's going to determine what the interest rate is and what their criteria is all about. So one may say no, the other one may say yes, right? So, and then you may even have one that says yes, but then like I had with one client, they actually backed out after two weeks. Thank God we was already approved with another lender, so we just kept the ball rolling with the other lender. And these things that I'm telling you right now may not seem as significant, but you will be surprised the amount of stress you'll be under when you're purchasing a home. The amount of stress that comes with buying a home, you being better prepared helps you to navigate through the process in the, at a more smoother rate, okay? So then, okay, so let's see what else we got here. Don't rule yourself out. I just said, just because you think one lender may not give you a loan, the other one may do, just say yes, okay? This isn't to say that everyone will, but you should never rule yourself out. Always go the extra mile and apply. I tell people, apply. If you don't qualify, you don't want, you don't know what to work on or what's holding you back in any case, but it all, but it always apply. Because sometimes the lender would be able to tell you, this is what you need to work on. This is what we're looking at in terms of your credit to let you know. So how long do you have to be on the job to buy a home or investment property? To be on the job of a home invest or to buy an investment property, typically what a lender looks at is two years, right? They look at two years. If you own a business, it has to be two years typically. Typically, they do make some exceptions, but that's but you still have to be close to two years, right? Um, two years on the job. It doesn't have to be the same job. It can be the same, uh, just consistent work, right? The, the same job is great, but it doesn't have to be the same job, the same line of work. Just as long as it's been two years of consistent employment, long as it's been two years that you've been in your business, because that's what they look at. They're going to pull you up on the secretary of state or wherever your business is, is licensed or wherever. And they're going to they're going to check. They do their due diligence. They check everything. Everything is checked. With the, being in the kingdom, we want to make sure we operate in excellence. We operate. So one of those things is credit. So the next question is I have this. I have a little checklist here, guys. And if you have any questions, put them in the comments. And then what I'll do from that is I'll make a video based on your questions, right? Okay, so how long do I have to be on the job? I just answered that. And Okay, so will closing an account remove, remove it from my credit report? No, closing account would not remove anything from your credit report. In fact, I employ you if the account is in good standing not to close it. A lot of people like to pay off credit cards and that's a great thing because we don't like to have any debt. Flip side of the coin is, I just want you to know, if you're using OPM, which is other people's money, banks, okay? If you're using other people's money, guys, you want to have some um, accounts still open, right? You want to have some what, what we call trading lines, right? You want to have those things open. I remember um, <laughs> one example would be um, one person thought because paying off all of their debt that that was a great thing, which it was. But that but that doesn't help when the lender is trying to give you a loan based on your credit and based on how you pay your bills. So if you pay off all of your debt and if those trade lines are older and they don't uh, they're not actively, you know, being paid every month on a month to month basis, then there's no way for them to give you a loan to, to uh, validate how you pay your bills back. So you see what I'm saying? So that was actually a hindrance. For some. So I always say you don't necessarily have to 
have a high balance on a trade line. You can still have a low balance, but just use it, you know, for, for simple things if you don't want to put anything major on there. But they looking at how you pay your bills, right? So the lower, of course, the better the DTI is going to be, which is your debt to income ratio. So that's a, and I know this may sound simple, but you will be surprised how you will self-sabotage your own loan based on doing things like that. You know, oh, I paid off all my bills. I don't have any. Oh, well, that's not going to help the mortgage company because they want to know how you pay your bills. So if you ain't had no debt and I don't know when, that's that's no way for them to really know, no trade lines to, to give you a loan to verify how you pay your bills. So you can still have credit open if you don't want to have any high debt, but you just need to keep it, you know, low if that's what you're, you know, want to do. And then it helps with, again, with your debt to income ratio. Um, closing account will actually hurt your account because what you don't realize is your credit score is made up. It's a pie, right? It's a pie. 35% of your credit score is based on how you pay your lenders, how you pay your creditors back. Okay, that pie is that pie. I'm trying to get to that pie on my thing. But um, 30% is based on how you, 35% is based on how you pay it back. 30% is based on, um, um, I see, payment history, how you pay it back. And I thought I had the pie on here. I apologize. I don't have it. But it's based on, based on that. And you don't want to close it off. Oh, payment history. Okay. So payment history. Um, that's good too, in terms of how you're paying that off. I'm trying to keep everything straight in my head. Okay, so you want to make sure that you don't close it out, that you still keep it open. But as long as it's, it's as long as it's at zero, that's all that matters. Closing it off will cut off your payment history. The longer your payment history, the better your uh, credit score, if that makes sense. Okay. So. Um, let's talk about business owners, self-employed individuals, 1099 or W-2 employees. The rule of thumb is two years, like I said. And for example, if you have worked at the same company for two years and then decided to establish your own business using this, these abilities, you must have owned the business for at least two years. So I'm going to tell you what happened. So I had an experience where a person uh, was on the job for 17 years, right? They decided to um, leave the job and open their own business doing exactly what they were doing at the job. So they were very successful, excellent credit, lots of money in the bank. But guess what? Couldn't get along. Why? Because they started a new company, left their job, so they didn't have that two-year history. The company was only eight months old, which means they needed two years in that business in order for them to get the loan. Tons of money in the bank excellent credit and still couldn't get along. Those are the little loopholes right there that'll trip you up. Even though you're like, well, wait a minute, I got good credit. I got money in the bank. Why can't I get a loan? Because you started a business. Now, had they waited and got the house prior to starting their business, they would have been a-okay. But because they decided to get to start a company and they only had been in business eight months, they had to then wait the additional year and some change to get a loan with good credit and with money. So that's that's one to grow on right there because a lot of people think money in the bank, good credit, no problem. No, if you're using other people's money, if you're using the banks, if you're paying cash, that's totally different. But if you're using other people's money, they want to see that two-year history, guys. Okay, so... 
Can I buy a home investment property with collection or charge off on my on my credit? Yes, but there are stipulations that apply to that. Uh, I knew someone that they actually bought a home. They had um, four charge offs, I think. Uh, but you may say, hmm, excuse me, you may say, um, well, how did that work? Well, it just depends on how old the, the debt was. It just depends on how old the debt was. Um, because these were old debts, um, there are different criteria that lenders have in terms of what they will allow, what they won't allow. But every bank is different. So you would have to check with your loan officer, you know, regarding that. So don't, I'm just letting you know that it has been done. Okay. Because some people will actually count themselves out, right? Um, and I don't know if those charge-offs were he was disputing at the time. I'm not sure. But you, I always say still apply. You just never know. Because every bank is different. Okay, so um, also, can you buy a home with bankruptcy? Absolutely, you sure can. Um, hi, <laughs> I'm a witness of that. Yes, you can. Um, it all depends on what loan program you put, um, they put you in, right? And if the loan program say, okay, uh, with... Um, Chapter seven, you have to wait at least three years to buy a home, even though the bankruptcy doesn't fall off for 10 years for, for certain chapters, you have to wait a certain amount of time. Now, the bankruptcy will still show on your credit report, but according to the lender criteria is still, it always go, it all goes back to the lender. So you have to consult with your um, mortgage professional. So, yes, you can, but it just depends on what type of loan program they put you in. That loan program may say you need to wait, like FHA may say, you need to wait um, two years after filing the Chapter 7. It may say, you, if you file in the Chapter 13, you might only have to wait a year, right? You have to show that you've been in repayment for at least a year, and then you have to get um, approval through your bankruptcy trustee. Right, you have to get approval, but you can still buy a home while you're in Chapter 13 based on the lender's criteria for whatever loan they put you in. But a lot of times, the reason why I say this, and then I go back to based on the lender, is because it does depend on the lender's criteria for that loan program that you're in. But at the same time, I know a lot of people will rule themselves out because they feel like I got this on there, so I have to wait 10 years. No, you can still buy a home while you're in bankruptcy, but it's all based on what loan program they put you in. And again, I say always apply with at least three lenders. Okay, so what to look for when you're disputing things or inaccuracies on your credit report? First foremost, I want to say this. I want to say this. It's your credit report. Get that in your head. It's your credit report. And I say this because a lot of people think that other people have jurisdiction over their credit report, like companies and stuff like that. The credit bureaus, that is not their credit report. Even though they report your credit, it's your credit report. What does that mean? That means you have the authority to challenge and to dispute any inaccuracy on your credit report any inaccuracy on your credit report. They have a responsibility to report things that are 100% correct. That means if 50% of that information is correct, then it's not correct and it has to be removed. So good example, say they're reporting something, right? They're reporting something on your credit bureau. Just say it's a, it's a bill or a collection. 
but the collection says you owe $1,000, but you know you only owe 200 on the collections, right? And they reported it incorrectly. Okay, you have a right to dispute that. And if they cannot get it right, right? If they can't go back to that creditor and say, hey, you know, they disputing this, you know, the Equifax will go back or whatever, they'll go back and they'll say, hey, they disputing this, then that means if they can't get it right, they have 30 days to reach out to that creditor. And if they can't get an accurate uh, number, then they have to remove it by law. It has to be 100% accurate, guys, 100%. The burden of proof is on them to prove it. It's not on you to give them the answer. <laughs> it's the burden of proof is on them. So if, you, if there are any inaccuracies, it's your credit report. You have the right to dispute anything on your credit report, anything. You are the consumer. It's your report. It's not their report. They're just reporting the information. And, and, and there's fines and legal fees that go along with that if you pursue that and they are reporting inaccuracies on your credit report. You can actually file a complaint against them. The Consumer Federal Protection Bureau, I think that's what it's called, CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Or you can uh, file a complaint uh, with the uh, FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, they just keep going and they just keep going back and forth with the credit bureaus, keep going back and forth. And some things that you don't even have to go through that you go through. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Because it's a lot of people that have inaccuracies and have um, uh, identity theft and all of these things. And they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with the credit bureaus. They go back and forth and don't realize that you don't have to fight with them like that. You file a complaint with the FTC, and, and if that's that thing is is uh, uh, not shouldn't be on your credit report, and you going back and forth, and they refuse to move it, th th take another route. And I'm here to tell you what I'm telling you will <laughs> will help you tremendously. Will help you because when you file a complaint with the FTC, they also provide the letters you need to send out. They provide all of these resources, and once you send it to them, the credit bureaus don't typically fool with them like that. They don't fool with the FTC like that because they know if you went through that extreme, right, then that then they feel like what you're saying must be, you know, accurate, basically. Because, I mean, I've had situations like that happen with me, right, where I'm going back and forth about something that wasn't even mine. And I'm like, okay, I, let me, let me, there's another way to skin this cat. And sure enough, I took another route. It was off in two weeks. That's huge. That's a, that's a, this is a huge piece of information that's going to help you tremendously, tremendously because a lot of people been and sometimes for the most part 90 percent of the people they just give up they don't even fool with it no more they just get tired of going back and forth they get tired of going back and forth with the credit bureaus but there's always a a, a workaround for things always now so these are some of the things that you can dispute right some of the things like inaccurate incorrect balance missing information Incorrect credit limits, high balance is less than old balance, status, the status of it is incorrect, the date of the last update is incorrect, the date of the last activity is incorrect, um, the seven-year clock begins with the last payment you made and no one is allowed to re-age that item or restart the clock. So if you have an item on your credit report and it's like five years old, they are not allowed to restart the clock once you start reaching out to them. They're not allowed to do that. You can't restart the clock in time over because you know after seven years, it has to be removed anyway. That's biblical in, in and of itself. 
The last payment date is not reset even if you pay off the collection. You make sure that they don't they don't restart that clock because when they restart the clock, that's going to determine when it's removed. So I always say if you're if you're uh, paying off a collection account, if you're paying off something that is rightfully yours and belongs to you, always do the right thing. So if you're paying that off, you can also um, ask them, okay, if I pay this off, will you delete it? Sometimes it's called a pay for delete, right? Well, they didn't used to do that before. I know two people personally that was in the home buying process that did a pay for delete and it was off in like three days. Once they paid the collection, the creditor removed it like in three days. It don't always happen for everybody. So every law firm is different in terms of collections and how that, those things work. But I'm telling you what has happened by experience. So when you're paying things off, it's a good thing, but it's still on your credit report. So if you can get a pay for deletion, that would be great. And that goes when you when you in your when you're talking to them and you're making plans to pay it off or whatever, you know. Um, tips on how to raise your credit score. These are proven personal tips that I actually use for my personal credit. How to raise your credit score. It's a few ways you can raise your credit risk credit score. But I'm going to read what I wrote here. If you can, ask someone with great credit to add you as an authorized user. Also, you, I've done that before too. My ex-husband, he added me as an authorized user and as a result, I got his payment history and I got his uh, timeline, you know, which looked like I had longer credit timeline, which actually raised my credit score. So that's one of the ways, you know, somebody that you can trust, but you have to remember this <laughs> because I do this with my son. I added him, right? And when I added him as an authorized user, because he was rebuilding his credit, when I added him as an authorized user, I forgot because it had been so long ago. And then I started using the credit card, right? Oh, when I started using the credit card, he was like, hey, my credit score dropped. What happened? It said that I'm at the max with one of my um, credit cards. And I looked and it was yours. And I was like, see, I totally forgot. So just make sure that if you're being added as someone's authorized user, you have to, that comes, that comes with a risk, right? It comes with a risk of them paying their bills on time. It's a direct reflection on you. And it also comes with a risk of if they're using the card and if they're maxed out. If you're maxed out, then it's going to lower your credit score because you're, you're, um, 29 or 30 percent over the required uh, amount that they, they that they want you to stay under when you are using a credit card. So, for instance, if your credit card limit is $100, right, 30 percent of that, you want to make sure you don't use more than $30 on that credit card. That's how it works. So I always say stay at the 29% range, 29% of whatever your credit limit is. Right. That way you, you're not hit. You know, your credit score is not going down as a result. Um, what else? Uh, additional, uh, additional ways to raise your credit score. Um, you can do consolidation. So if you do debt consolidation, that is a huge way to raise your credit score. This raised my credit score a hundred points. What do I mean? You taking your credit, just say you, you want to consolidate credit card debt. You take your credit card debt. And after you take your credit card debt and you pay it off with a personal loan, you then, your credit score is going to spike not only 100 points, or and I'm not exaggerating, like between 60 to 100 points, my credit score went straight up. Why? Because all of the other credit cards that I was using at the time was at over the 30% mark, and they was, you know, almost at the limit. So by me paying them off, that spiked my credit score to go up. 
So that's a way to consolidate your debt into a personal loan. Now you're on the fixed, you're on the fixed payment every month. Whereas with credit card debt, it's revolving. That means there is no end to it, right? But when you're on a personal loan, that's a fixed rate. And you know that the personal loan is for three years and in three years, that's going to be paid off. Credit card debt is revolving, meaning you can pay it off and reuse it. You can pay it off and reuse it. You see how that works? It's revolving. That's what that means. That's all that means. Um, so it helps when you consolidate because now it looks like you've paid all, your, which you did. You paid all your credit cards off, but then you have this one fixed payment, which is um, a personal loan and it's considered an installment loan. So personal loans and car payments, car loans is considered installment loans. And all that means is you pay in installments and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So that means that in three years or five years or however, whatever the loan terms are, it will be paid off. Credit card debt is, is round and round you go because you can keep reusing it. What's another way to raise your credit score? Um, lastly, use your credit card, then pay it off, right? So you can, you, you can use your credit card and pay it off. This is a huge way to raise your credit score. So if I spend, let's say I spend $100 on my credit card and the next month before uh, the bill's due or on the due date, I pay it off. Um, or I pay $50 of that $100. And every time you use it and pay it off, your credit score goes up. Your credit score goes up. So not using the credit card sometimes will have your credit score to be complacent. But if you're trying to raise it, use that credit card and then pay it off. And then pay it off. And keep doing that. It's going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up. Um, yeah, so those are some ways to get your credit score pulled up, you know, um, consolidating debt. Um, having someone add you as an authorized user and also uh, using your credit card and paying it off. That's a great way to raise your credit score. And I'm telling you, it works. I'm telling you from experience, I'm using my own personal experience. It works, guys. And I tell people something only works if you work it. If you just sit back and you gather the information, then that's all it would be to you is information. But what I'm telling you, go back and play this video again, it works. The things that I'm telling you are major. I have paid people credit, and, and I'm going to say this, with credit. As it pertains to credit, guys, if you're not good at disputing and doing things of that nature, seek professional help. There's law firms that do um, credit repair. There's uh, professional businesses that do credit repair. It's worth the investment. It's worth the money, especially if you have it to do it. Invest in your future. Invest in credit. Credit is, my mom used to always tell me that credit is all you have, baby. She said, your credit is everything. Because the thing about it like this, even with having a lot of money, you still need credit. And people don't realize that. People that have are wealthy investors that invest in things, they have, they use credit, OPM, other people's money. And in order to use other people's money, you have to have a good credit profile. Your credit profile is a direct reflection of your character. This is why it's needed in order to determine if somebody is going to loan you money. Because it's a direct reflection of who you are as a person. Now, there's no condemnation. We've all been there. I just told you when I bought my first house, I had a credit score of 580. I've had credit score even lower than that. They give you 300, right? Okay, so I'm here to say what I love about doing this and talking to you guys is 
I've lived it. I walked through it. I'm transparent. Like, I don't mind because I know that it's going to help somebody. There's no shame. There's no, there's none of that. What, and this is why I think God uses me to help people because not because I'm so perfect, but because I'm willing to be transparent because some people want to appear like they have it all together. But I'm here to tell you, we don't have it all together. We need God. We need resources and we need help right? And so I just want to impart that to you today. I don't want to keep going, you know, because this video is already 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. And I'm telling you, I got a wealth of information. So just stay tuned to the next video because I'm unleashing and I'm unloading it all on you, baby. I'm unloading. And then I'm going to take the comments and the questions and I'm going to make videos out of those because I want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. So this is where I'm going to stop as it pertains to credit. Um, and you can just put your uh, questions in the comments. And um, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else in terms of credit um, that I can tell you. Yeah, so that's that's one portion of it. I'm going to stop right there. If you have any questions, uh, just put them in the comments. Like, comment, share, and subscribe, guys. I'm very transparent. And if I don't know, again, I'm going to tell you I don't know. I'm not one of them people that try to pretend like I know something and I don't know it. If I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. If I have a resource for you, I'm going to pull you in that direction or just kind of tell you which way you can go to handle that, you know. Um, and that's it. And that's all for right now. Uh, until the next video in Kingdom Business, um, I will see you in the next video. And I thank you guys for tuning in. And you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye, loves.